The following talk is from Anyan Rinpoche and Allison Chuying Zongmo's course, Living the Dharma, How to Practice Buddhism and Make It Count. We have made this final talk available here as a podcast, as we think this is one of the most important, powerful, and clear presentations on the importance of Sangha, or spiritual community, that we have ever heard. For many in the West, taking refuge in the Buddha and the Dharma is really easy, but the third jewel, the Sangha, can feel more challenging and perhaps less necessary. This talk will almost certainly shift this perception. Here you will listen to Rinpoche explain how essential Sangha is, the reason so many communities face hardship after a Lama passes away, and how each of us can be a part of creating communities even stronger than before by employing the methods taught in the way of the Bodhisattva, the 37 practices of the Bodhisattva, and Lojong, or mind training practices. Many of us here at Shambhala Publications have found this to be eye-opening, a cause of self-reflection, and a call to action. We hope you enjoy it. For more on the course, you can also visit shambhala.com sangha. Good evening. It's the last uh, talk for uh, this time, and the topic is uh, reflect on the importance um, of spiritual community now, and as we face uh, hardships in life. But before we get into the topic, several things that we need to know as uh, spiritual practitioners in general, and especially um, for Buddhists. So we call ourselves Buddhist. So we really need to know what does that mean? We take refuge in Buddha and the Dharma and the Sangha. Sangha is the topic, what we're going to discuss. So whoever take the refuge in Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, that's what in general we call Buddhist. So personally, what I think Taking the refuge in Buddha and the Dharma, Sangha, is important, but it's more important to know what's Buddha, what's Dharma, and what's Sangha. Gaining that certainty or knowing that is really important. And uh, so therefore, it's sometimes hard for modern Buddhists, especially in the West, uh, to take refuge. Or sometimes people take refuge immediately. But the most important thing is, what is Buddha really? For example, Buddhahood is the destination. For example, if we are traveling to a special place, land, which we never been, 
the destination is the like Buddha hood. That realization, which we can gain at one point. When we're traveling to the place which we have not been, for example, like a jungle or something like that, we need to learn the way to get there. There are many ways to get that place, which is the Buddhahood. In Tibetan, we call it Sangye Kisa. We need to find a path, the road, the way to get there. That is the Dharma. Dharma is the path. And there are many ways to get to that destination, which is Buddhahood or enlightenment. Of course, we have different potentials and karma connections with different traditions, paths, techniques. But it's so important to really examine a right path to get to the destination of the Buddhahood. So that's the Dharma, that's the spiritual path. So this path which we're on is really important. Spiritual path, especially in modern world. Spiritual tradition is vanishing. That authenticity of Tibetan uh, uh, spiritual tradition is degrading. But that this spiritual path is so precious. But then, okay, destination is in Buddhahood. Path is the Dharma. To travel to the destination on that path, we need companions. Who can help us? Who can support us on the way to the destination? So therefore, it's really important to have a community in general. In the West, community is not healthy. Society is not connected. It's really disconnected. Family connection is disconnected. And community connections are disconnected. And spiritual or sangha 
connection is also disconnected. So to be able to travel the path of Buddha Dharma, to get to the Buddhahood, the destination of Buddhahood, we really need companions, not just companions. We need healthy companions who can help us. We have to rely on others. We cannot do this by our own selves. Even general ordinary things, what do we do? We always depend on others. So therefore, if we really want our spiritual path and practice become healthier and stronger, we need Sangha. We need spiritual community. We need general healthy communities. For example, like uh, Tibet, community is really strong. Connection is really strong. And family connection is really strong. I'm not saying like it's perfect. There are a lot of unhealthy things. But problems we have in the West, we don't have those problems in Tibet. Because people know how to be with others. People know how to communicate with others. And people know how to uh, be skillful and how to be around others. And that's natural. We lack this because we're so uh, disconnected with the family, with the community, with the Sangha. Therefore, I'm not criticizing in the West a lot of spiritual communities Sanghas have problems, worse than ordinary communities. That's what I have seen. Why? Because we don't know how to be with others. And because we don't know how to communicate with others. And we developed this thing, like what I think is the best. My way is the only way. We do not let others really get the get some um, freedoms or some opportunities to uh, say things or to do things. We always protect ourselves, but that's not what we do in Tibet and in like healthy sanghas. And I used to call this like modern sanghas are the worst samsara. I call it the dharma samsara. Because we lack this skill to communicate with others. So to be able to really make the community healthier, more peaceful, and more uh, skillful. We all need to take that responsibility 
and as a part of that organization and as a part of that sangha. That's really important. And I really have been focusing on this topic for at least 10 years. I wouldn't say uh, I succeeded, but if I keep reminding students, take that responsibility, be a part of that organization, and Sangha is important. For example, like when we're traveling in that jungle to the destination, we need companions who can really help us to get through that journey. It's the same thing, especially in modern world. We have to have a Sangha to help us to develop our individual spiritual practice and also to make the organization stronger, healthier, more compassionate, have more bodhicitta in the Sangha. So, okay, then what really helps us to achieve this? Bodhicitta again. Taming the mind. Again, it goes back to the Lojong. If we always bring the way of Bodhisattva into our daily lives, if we always try to bring the 37 practices of Bodhisattva into our daily lives, not focusing on our self-attachment and ego and identity. Sanghas are not really get long because of ego, because of identity, because of self-attachment. But if we always bring the quality of Lovyong practice or Bodhicitta into our Sangha, And again, I uh, mentioned this, like, not like really disconnect yourself with the Sangha or with certain people. Connect with a couple of people in the Sangha because you feel comfortable being around those people. And disconnect with some other Sangha members who you do feel um not comfortable being around those. But if we bring bodhicitta into our lives and remind ourselves and try to connect with everyone and let go of the patterns that we have been developed, the patterns that we have been developed is withdraw. We go to a Sangha, And we pick up certain people 
befriend and ignore the rest of other Sangha members. They are not existed in the Sangha. That is not going to help us really make the Sangha connected and stronger. But if we really make effort, I have been really asking a group of students, connect with any people come to the center. Even this, those people only come once. Make them feel welcome. Make them feel really comfortable. That's what we should do. That's something really important. But it seems really, really not that easy to do that. Years, years I have been asking, now almost became um, natural for a group of students. So if we want to really make the spiritual community really connected and strong and healthy, no matter whoever come to the Sangha, welcome them, make them feel comfortable, make them feel home, sooner or later that Sangha is going to become healthier because it has a huge potential. But if we treat other spiritual come spiritual people come to the groups inner sangha and outer sangha that won't help but there should be a strong group of people who can really help others feel home and the individuals also need to take that responsibility to be a part of that organization. It doesn't matter whichever organization you belong. If you take that responsibility to be a part of that organization, then you are really taking that responsibility as a Sangha member. So in Chinese, they have a saying, if a hundred men become one-minded, even the earth, they can turn the earth into gold. So Sangha should be like that. If every Sangha members practice the way of Bodhisattva, there's no way have a lot of problems arising in the Sangha. We're not perfect, we're a human being. We're in a samsara. We have a lot of things to uh, purify and we have a lot of things to really work on. But if we often bring the Wellbeing Bodhisattva teachings into our lives and take that responsibility, be a Buddhist or spiritual practitioner, act like a spiritual practitioner, talk like a spiritual practitioner, and think like a spiritual practitioner. Western Sanghas will not have a lot of problems to maintain 
But if we do not let go of our old patterns and this idea, individualistic ideas, Western spiritual communities cannot really becomes becomes stronger. That's something you all need to think. There are a lot of uh, uh, people who study with me, and they have been hearing this maybe hundred times, even more. But it is something so important now while we are alive. And also, if we really have that connection with the spiritual community and the sangha, then when we are facing some hardships in life and the difficulties in life, we will have the support by the sangha. We will have the love by others. So in the 37 practices of Bodhisattva say, So if you rely on someone who can really improve the quality of your body, speech, mind, that is the person or that is the Sangha you should belong and you should rely on. Sangha, each Sangha members, if each Sangha members could really remember this verse, I don't remember which verse in 37 practices of Bodhisattva. If we recall this verse and then we will really at one point be able to embodiment of that quality and we can slowly improve ourselves but the thing is for example like tonight and I uh, I'm offering this topic and to think, but we just think we hear and once, twice, and we do not apply, really. And we do not reflect on this. How important the spiritual community is. We don't. So it's something you all need to take some time. Does this make sense or not? We need spiritual companions to travel on the path of Buddha Dharma. We do. And we need spiritual guidance.
to be able to to be able to make the sangha stronger, we need spiritual guidance. That is the guide, help us to travel to the jungles. That's a spiritual master or spiritual lama. We have a sangha, also have to have a spiritual teacher who has the skills to guide the organization, the sangha. So since I came to the West, um, I have seen many people um, go many different organizations. Maybe it's a little bit too direct, but it's a really like um, ad like pure advice from my heart. It's really important to connect with one organization and to support. It's the same thing like I quoted uh, one time. If we master of one practice, we master of all. And uh, be honest, a lot of Western Buddhist or spiritual practitioners want to support the Sangha and want to uh, be a part of that organization. But a lot of them do not want to have the responsibility to support the organization and to help the Sangha flourish. That's you need to think, is that really bodhicitta? Is that really the way of bodhisattva practice? Is that really lojong? Is that really going to help us to tame our ego and self-attachment identity? Is that really going to transform our body, speech, mind? Is that really going to really help us to let go of the old patterns, unhealthy patterns, which we have developed? No, it doesn't. If we stick with an organization and support, and there will be a lot of challenges on the way. But we will be able to get through these challenges because we have the company of Wellbeing Bodhisattva path and practice. Maybe tonight I'm being so direct, but uh, that's what I have seen. But there are a lot of also Western Buddhists want really support the organization and the Sangha and see the really importance of the spiritual community. And the spiritual community can help us to really uh, improve our path and practice and at the same time also we can help others to do the same thing 
So community need to be really connected. And just think, for example, like in the West, so many lamas came to the West, established sanghas. When lamas were alive, sangha is pretty healthy and flourish. And when lamas pass the, to the nirvana, and sangha becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. And at one point, almost there's no sangha. Why is that happening? If we really let this happen, then how we can maintain and root the Buddha Dharma, this tradition in the West, authentically? At one point, Western Buddhist communities should be able to maintain the tradition and establish this whatever sanghas you belong. But I have a question for you. Why is that happening? Like, I can like count a lot of sanghas fell apart after Lama passed the Nirvana. Why is that happening? Because we're not connected. In Tibet, we have a saying like um, ropes made from yak, like really uh, not soft, like rough part of the uh, wall. It's really, really not feel good. And then you need to make a really strong nut the end, like this. Otherwise, it just fell apart because it won't stick together. It's so rough. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's a nut. And then whenever that nut falls off, and then that rope just won't be able to use that rope anymore. So what I have seen is, Lamas are this nut in the West. They held the Sangha together for so many years. They make so much effort to bring everyone together. And then a minute, Lama disappears and the Sangha fell apart because we have a knot may try to make ourselves soft, soften, and we cannot connect together. We should make ourselves like a silk, like really nut and connect together as a sangha, as a community. But a lot of sanghas have not been able to do that. It's just like the robe of yak hair. It just fell apart. Or robe of horse tail. It's so rough. And you have to make really strong nuts. In Tibetan, we call it 
that's the nut, and that by means the nut. But the thing is, we Western Sanghas to be able to connect like this. The Samala. Shape and color and everything is almost identical. And this B always attach this one. This B does not complain. And they say, do not touch me. <laughs> and this B want to say, this is my space. You cannot really invade my space. It just, it's okay. Always they can be together. Then we will be able to maintain the Sangha. So those great lamas really established great sanghas, great centers. But after lamas passed away, sanghas fell apart. It's not a sangha's fault. I'm not a, like really blaming on the sangha members, but there is something wrong and which we need to fix and pay attention to. And I always tell these people, who come to see me more often and study with me, I tell them, at one point, you guys have to be able to maintain the Sangha. Because, like, just think, that historically, we can think, like, when Indian masters came to Tibet, maybe Tibetans were worse than Americans. uneducated, wild, cold-blooded. But those masters really worked so hard. And at one point, Tibetans really stood up and took over the teachings, lineage, practice, the way around the Sangha, and the connections, everything. And that's why Vajrayanam Buddhism is here today authentically genuine. So Western spiritual practitioners also need to learn that skill. To make the Sangha healthier. To be able to root the essence of Buddha Dharma it depends on the Sangha. Without a Sangha, there's no Dharma. There's no practice. There's no Buddhism. If there is a small Sangha which is connected, really genuine, there's a hope. That Sangha can help, can serve the Buddha Dharma and Buddhist tradition and the teachings, and that a Sangha sooner or later can help others. So I have the question, and I want some of you answer that, why so this thing is happening. You can think like a lot of the spiritual communities become like really unhealthy or like just Sangha disappears. But, for example, like 
great masters in Tibet, he passed away. His Sangha is maybe stronger than before. And my Lama passed away. And my Dharma friends who are there and make sure we're connected and the Sangha is stronger than before. And Tambo Chucha, who was one of the greatest scholar, Nyungma scholar, and after he passed away, and his Sangha and his Buddhist university is much stronger. And then Kembo Achub, he passed away a few years ago, and his Sangha is stronger. Why? They can make the Sangha stronger, and they can connect it, and they can make the Sangha healthier. But in the West or other part of Asian countries, we cannot do that. One spiritual leader passes away, and then Sangha becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. So that means Sangha need to show up and take the responsibility and learn that skill the way the master guided the Sangha, the community, and make sure everyone is connected and make sure, making sure, take that responsibility as a Sangha member. So you can think like really there are, this is the thing like uh, under a jewel stick is so strong here. Like, even like uh, in the West, I have been watching like uh, families or just uh, couples, married couples. When they're working, it seems marriage is pretty good. And then when they're not working and I always see each other every day and there are more complications because we don't know how to connect. We don't know how to really um, communicate with others and be with others. Even like I have seen like four months in Denver and my Sangha have guests. I have seen the way Sangha members or students improved. Learned how to communicate, learned how to uh, serve and just make others important and that connection is important. And the, what I saw is that helped the students. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a uh, like short break there and I want one person answer that. Why that is happening? A lot of Sanghas falling apart when after Lama passes away. Why? Is that means we're not really bringing the quality of a Vaivam Bodhisattva? into the Sangha? Is that means we're not really working on the Lovjong? 
can answer that question. <laughs> no, it is it is like a serious thing. Like lamas make so much effort to build retreat centers and then uh, dharma centers. And then when lamas pass away, and then center and the retreat center is almost like cannot really pay their mortgage. <laughs> so I hope that's not going to happen <laughs> in my center, but. <laughs> So I was thinking of maybe a couple reasons. Um, one would be a lot of Westerners were really attached to like favoritism, like who we like and who we don't like. And so sanghas end up splitting. And people are like, well, I like that person. I like these people, but I don't like these other people. I don't want to deal with them. So that's possibly one reason there's kind of a lack of um, equanimity or a lack of like, there's an attachment to self and like the ones you're, you're attached to that you like more. Mm-hmm. Um, another potential reason could be students lack kind of a Dharma confidence. They don't have a lot of... Um, I don't know, maybe they don't have really strong confidence in their practice and that causes the sanghas to fall apart as they look for new teachers and new practices to follow, I think. Okay. A couple reasons, maybe. Okay, I would love to hear more answers, but what I think is, one is we're not connected, we're not really skillful, but also there's a discontentment. And beginning, we have that enthusiasm, being with, being a part of that Lama Sasanga and practice. But at one point, it seems we cannot find the joy and the contentment of that spiritual organization. And it almost feels like a marriage. We marry for so many years, be together 10, 15, 20 years, and at one point there's like no flavor. And then we look for something else that is more like tasty. That's also one reason. But that's happening because we're not really trying to transform our old habitual patterns. But what I see or I feel is whenever I get chance to be with the Dharma friends, the Sangha I have in Tibet, that joy I have, that contentment I have, it's just I, I don't need anything else. I feel that's that's enough. But people who really can find that joy be with the Sangha and uh, have that contentment of the support of that organization and a spiritual teacher, 
then I do not think there's a lot of problems to the Sangha. And the Sanghas can stick together. Teachings, we lack contentment. Spiritual organizations, we lack contentment. And practice, we lack contentment. And we always feel there's better practice than Wevan Bodhisattva. There's more profound practice than Wevan Bodhisattva. Maybe. Mahamudra, Zokba Chamber. Pretty cool. I cannot blame on you like uh, you feel like those are good. But without this Wevan Bodhisattva path, 37 practice of Bodhisattva path. Really hard to actualize the Mahamudra and the Dzogba The practitioners who ever have this embodiment of a Vaivam Bodhisattva and a Love Jung practice, they really can gain the realization of a Mahamudra and the Dzogba So we always have this discontent feelings of spiritual path, of the spiritual community, of the spiritual teachings, and the practice. But if we develop that contentment and just practice or support the sanghas that you feel connected, you feel your home, then I do not see a lot of problems not being able to maintain the Sangha together. That's also one reason. And the other reason is, after Lama passed away, we have not been working so hard to gain the certainty of the teachings that we have received. And we are maybe a little bit, mm, yeah, I know how to practice. But maybe there's some doubts. So in Tibetan, we have a saying, So you need to make sure, have that irreversible certainty and confidence in the teachings when Lama is alive. And when Lama is there for you. But we do not do that. One, we have a lot of things going on in our ordinary lives. Two, spiritual practice is always the second or third project of our lives. And three, we really postpone everything. And we think we are so procrastinated and we think we have another time to ask or to make sure really gain that certainty, no doubt. So those 
students who are in Tibet who are running those sanghas, they made sure when Lama was alive and cut through all the doubts and the questions when Lama was alive. And then when Lama is gone, even Buddha Shakyamuni or Padma Sambhava disappears, say something like, hey, you're the view of your Dokpa Chenbo or Mahamudra is maybe not that right. A little bit problem. But students already cut through the doubts and the questions when lamas are there. And they can really be there for the Sangha and support and they know how to do it. So there are so many things that happening. So if we really want to put the spiritual practice One of the most important thing, we should not always push the Dharma third or fourth. If now Dharma is here, and try to slowly bring the here. If your Dharma is here, you feel, then make the Dharma first, or make the Sangha first, make the other first help the other first, serve the other first, and talk to others, and be warm, warm heart. Not let that coldness in our hearts. Then we can help, we can serve. So maybe you do think something else is causing this sangha's falling apart. But what I think is, there's no joy, and there's at one point no flavor. And then we search something else. At one point, there's no flavor because there's no connection. And at one point, there's no flavor because there's no compassion and loving and respect. So those, if we bring the compassion, loving, respect into the Sangha more often, that warm automatically generates in that Sangha. And that peace, that positive, that healthy, you can feel it. But if we let our hearts cold, withdraw, and just disconnect all the time, that a coldness becomes stronger, heaviness becomes stronger, and then that Sangha cannot have the flavor of that spiritual community. So that a connection is something really important. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to hear something from you, Kayla. That the same question. Why? So I think one other. So I think one other reason is that 
the role of the Lama is to show us where we need to grow and where we need to better ourselves. And the Lama does that to the individual, but also to the whole group dynamic. The Lama is constantly watching the interactions between people and sitting back and observing, and then finding the right time to point out to each of us when we need to improve ourselves, either in our own mind or in our interactions with others. And I think we're, we're all just baby Buddhists and we, we need that guidance. And so I would expect that when that's gone, it's really hard to self-correct and to um, be really vigilant and watch the mind and your interactions with others. And so over time, I could see that that would degrade if you're not really careful and if you don't have um, a lot of mindfulness and that ability to do that for each other. Okay. I have a question for you. Then how we can fix that? Buddha Shakyamuni came to India. Padmasambhava came to India and Tibet and established the Sanghas. And I'm sure there were some problems, but students and the Sangha, they remained the Sangha and the Buddhist tradition and the practice. But uh, what you are saying makes sense. It always comes to the spiritual teacher. But how we can really mature to be able to really maintain that teaching and practice and what is lacking I would say there are weakness the Lama's side and students side Lamas are not that brave enough to pointing out the Sangha members weakness and students are not that flexible or not brave enough to take that directness so this two thing is pulling here and there so to be able to have a really healthy mature sangha lama should be able to say things directly to the students and the students should be able to take it and digest it not to run away and take it it's the hard thing so therefore a lot of modern spiritual teachers mix students the dharma paths dharma path if you treat the students like a pet like your doggy or your cat. Students cannot mature. That's the truth. But it's the Bodhisattva skill. Beginning, you have to really guide the students like a Dharma pet. Oh, you're okay. You're fine. You'll be okay. You're always okay. But at one point, as I said, one uh, evening talk, I don't remember, maybe fourth. Lama shift that 
and the students cannot take it. Then there is a hesitation between student and the Lama, between Sangha members too. And there is no respect between also Sangha members. So all these things are cause and conditions. If we all really respect and compromise, then Sangha can be healthy and the spiritual community can be healthy. Mm-hmm. So, what else I have tonight here? Well, maybe the main talk, main uh, topic, I don't have a lot, but uh, then this is the conclusion of the uh, talks. What help us to really achieve our spiritual growth practice? And the what practice we should do? Welcome, Bodhisattva. If you really work on Welcome, Bodhisattva path, you will never ever make any spiritual mistakes. It's impossible. If we always really read the Welcome Bodhisattva, I encourage you study Welcome Bodhisattva. I encourage you read Welcome Bodhisattva. I encourage you whoever is teaching Welcome Bodhisattva, please go and please study. Not just receiving the Welcome Bodhisattva once, as many as you can. Just read the biography of Bajarambache. How many times he received Vayavan Bodhisattva teachings from different masters? That doesn't mean Bajarambache did not understand the Vayavan Bodhisattva. But he found Vayavan Bodhisattva path and practice is the one of the most important path and practice. Therefore, he received Vyavam Bodhisattva teachings so many times. And also he really showed that Vyavam Bodhisattva path is important for us. So, do the Lojong practice. Try to develop that daily practice. Philosophical teachings and top talks and topics are cool and important, but that makes our ego bigger and identity bigger, and that makes our head thicker. But where of Bodhisattva path helps us, our head may be smaller and heart bigger and soft. So if 
one of you really want work on spiritual community and develop the spiritual community, support the spiritual community, and work with the Sangha and help the Sangha and develop the Sangha if we stick with Vyavan Bodhisattva path. There's nothing else we need. But if we really take the Vyavan Bodhisattva a little bit lighter, then this ego, self-attachment, gets stronger and then more complications can arise from our self-attachment and ego. So I don't know how many of you really study Buddhism, but a lot of you, I think, do. So why have a Bodhisattva? Maybe we have a Bodhisattva. There aren't many lamas who in the West teach we have a Bodhisattva. But if there is, go and receive. And study and apply the meaning of Vyavan Bodhisattva. Just think like Bhattarambhachi wrote a short summary how to really apply and practice Vyavan Bodhisattva. I'm sure there's a translations on that. And read it. Traditionally in Tibet, monks and nuns, they memorize the root of Vyavan Bodhisattva text. And then lamas teach verse by verse. And lamas tell the student, each student, to practice verse by verse as daily. So lamas who really follow that tradition, the quality, the gentleness of that sangha is just really different. But if we really avoid to study and applying the Vyavan Bodhisattva, community cannot be strong. And you have a scene, right? A couple of weeks ago, there's no compassion in the society towards each other, towards the parties. But if we have that piece of most important thing, which is compassion, if we have a compassion, and the world is not going to be like this, and the societies are not going to be like this, So essence of the connection and the, is the compassion and the loving kindness and the bodhicitta. We have a bodhisattva practice. So if we really use the essence of a bodhisattva, you do not have to have the title of a Buddhist. You have the most important thing that a spiritual practitioner should have. So I'm not saying the group 
a group of people who study with me a lot are improving a lot, but they're really trying to work on Web and Bodhisattva. And uh, I see how um, positive the connections between them. And it's really healthy. So when we are practicing Buddha Dharma, we really need this Vavam Bodhisattva path. And not just to hear intellectually. Use the Vavam Bodhisattva practice to shrink your head. And use the Vavam Bodhisattva practice make your heart warmer and bigger. That's the true spiritual practice. And if all of you, us really work on that, towards that, spiritual communities are going to be healthier and really um, compassionate and want to work together. That's the thing. When we all practice the way of Bodhisattva, our goal is one, same. That's what the definition of Sangha. Have the same goal, to achieve the path of Dharma or the realization of enlightenment. To be able to do that, Vavam Bodhisattva, practice. If we all really bring the quality of Vavam Bodhisattva, we want to see as we, we want to see each other. We want to work together. We want to communicate each other. And we want to support each other. And also that when we develop that flexibility, others, when others offer the help and the support, and it may be easier for us to accept. So all the quality, positive quality, is the connection of the Sangha. And that connection we, which we need to develop is coming from the meaning or the essence of Vavam Bodhisattva and the 37 practices of Bodhisattva. I think I already told you this, but a couple of my students committed to read Vavam Bodhisattva 108 times in their lives. And not just reading, like really contemplating on the Vavam Bodhisattva. And I have seen how much they became softer and gentle and skillful and thoughtful being around the Sangha and being around others and seeing the, the way they see the community, the way they see the Sangha and the way they see the uh, society is a little bit different than some of us do not really work on the way of Bodhisattva more often. So the blessing which can come from, which can arise from Vavam Bodhisattva is effort. 
and apply that practice and bring the quality of Vaivam Bodhisattva more into your daily lives. Then you will receiving that blessing from the effort, from the practice. I am not uh, praising some of those students. They, they have a long way to go. But whoever making this effort, the practice of Vaivam Bodhisattva is improving a lot. So therefore, it's just a suggestion. If we really want to support the Sangha and the community and the society, Vaivam Bodhisattva. Without Vaivam Bodhisattva, there's no impartial service and support. But if we really bring the quality of this teaching and this practice, maybe beginning, it's mostly partial. Compassion is partial. Loving kindness is partial. Even though this effort of bodhicitta, aspiration on bodhicitta is a partial. But as we make a lot of effort and slowly, number of this impartial compassion, loving kindness degree. And once a while, we can really genuine feeling of compassion and loving kindness and bodhicitta towards Sangha members, towards others, towards the society, towards enemies, towards the people who we dislike and hate the most. And then those people become the best condition to help us to develop Vaivam Bodhisattva and compassion, loving kindness practice. So if we really make effort to reach that kind of skill, all of us can really support the Sangha and support the community and help the community. Other ways, if the things that we do, the things that we uh, say becomes partial, and that is the cause of suffering. That is going to be the cause of others experience suffering, and also we're going to experience the suffering immediately or later. So. Remember that. If we also, if we bring this into our daily lives, we live spiritually. That means we're living. That, that, that's what I call living and dying confidently. If we can embodiment of the quality of Vaivam Bodhisattva path and practice, what else confidence we need? while we are alive, or when we are facing the death and the dying. But if we let really occupied by our unhealthy habitual patterns, 
all the time? Then how can we live spiritually? And then that means how can we die confidently? That confidence, what we are talking about, is not going to happen without any effort. It, that confidence cannot happen spontaneously. That confidence which we're talking about is going to arise from a lot of effort on the path of the Dharma and the path of Vaivam Bodhisattva practice and Lojong practice, mind training practice. So that effort we sh should make on the path of Buddha Dharma need to be more consistent, not on and off. And this wishy-washy way of Dharma practice is not going to help us to gain those confidence. And this uh, contaminated uh, spiritual practice is not going to uh, help us to gain those confidence. So we need always try to be mindful, bring the meaning of Vaivam Bodhisattva into every action so that we do, then at one point, we will be able to really bring the quality of Vaivam Bodhisattva, the path of Buddha Dharma, all the time, and day and night. Even dreams, we can have the Vaivam Bodhisattva thoughts or actions. If we can really develop that kind of effort and skill, that will help us to really live confidently and die confidently. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for me to say it, but it's really hard to apply or uh, actualize that kind of a skill. But as a spiritual practitioner or a spiritual teacher, and I have to encourage all of you and also I should take that responsibility to really work on Vaivam Bodhisattva and guide the students who are really uh, studying the Buddha Dharma. I have that responsibility to really help and guide. So sometimes uh, it's easy to say it. It's easy to tell people what to do. But it's really hard to really apply. As a spiritual teacher myself, I'm not perfect at all. But I always try to do my best to remember the instructions what my Lama gave. I don't have any doubt of his instructions and his advice. And that helps me to be more uh, stronger. So all of you who are here or who are going to watch this 
I encourage all of you to work on Way of Bodhisattva if you really, truly want to develop the spiritual path. Practice. Is the Way of Bodhisattva. If we really want to, if we still want to remaining in samsara, as it is, then we do not need to change. We can be who we are. But if we want to help others, serve others, and also take care of our own spiritual growth, we need to change. The one thing can help us to change is only way of Bodhisattva path. Buddha Shakyamuni, who reached enlightenment, he became Buddha. He took up the way of Bodhisattva. Any other Buddhas who reach enlightenment, they took up the way of Bodhisattva path and the practice. Any Vajrayana masters, Siddhas who came to India, Tibet, they became Siddhas, they became realized beings because they relied on Vaivam Bodhisattva. There's no single master of Vajrayana Buddhist tradition did not follow Vaivam Bodhisattva path and the practice and the Lojung practice. So, if we really can achieve this, and if we really can embodiment of Vaivam Bodhisattva, samsara is not a hard place to be. We do not need to travel somewhere which you call nirvana. Nirvana can be here. Or Halram can be here now. Our emotions make us experiencing so many different levels of sufferings. That is kind of, kind of Halram. So, welcome Bodhisattva, path seems practical thing to do and worth it to try, even though it's the hardest path and the hardest thing to work on. Mm -hmm. Please dedicate the merit, what we accumulated to the all sentient beings, and especially uh, beings who are really experiencing suffering, like emotional sufferings and uh, physical sufferings, um, or uh, uh, experiencing sufferings by fears, insecure. And what's happen, going to happen next? And a lot of uh, uh, Americans right now really fearful. 
fear is the obstacle, and none of us know what's the next. So it's so important to focus on the present. That doesn't mean we should not think about the future at all. But、uh, some things we can fix, we can do, and then there's no point to worry about it. As Shanti Deva said, if you can fix, what's the point to、uh, suffer by that? If you can't fix it, again, what's the point to suffer by the situation because we cannot fix it? So fears, doubts, emotional things. Sometimes we can fix it, and we should. And most of the time we can't. But the most important thing is, like it, this evening, we need to be present and dedicate that merit to all sentient beings. And、uh, yeah. Shanjo zamjo rando je ma je bar nam je 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 ba nyamba mba dan kone kondo berwa go shanjo zamjo rando je ma je bar nam je 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 ba nyamba mba kone kondo berwa go shanjo zamjo rando je ma je bar nam je 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 ba nyam ご視聴ありがとうございました Dimson, <laughs> Anele kurzakvalchembo hondo ah. Hmm.